gone. All this dope I stepped on. Real, get the rest gone. Then that nigga, what else you want? Power, power, respect. What is up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you are now listening to or watching the Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book Four Force Season Two, Episode Four, and the title of the episode is "The Devils in the Details." And um, oh. yeah, I, I am back from being sick. Um, you know, I was in the hospital. Um, during the last episode, or I was, I was just getting out, maybe I think. But, um, but yeah, I want to first of all, I want to thank you know both Richard Bailey and Dana Abercrombie very much for uh, you know for their well wishes and for also you know mentioning me on the on the show last week. So you know, let me go ahead and introduce them now. So I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? And glad to have you back, Gary, for sure. Thank you very much, sir. I see uh, I see you've been moving that blue Dahlia because you're in a new apartment and it's looking very fancy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Business is booming. That's right, yes. <laughs> That's good. We're also, <laughs> we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I am doing good. Clearly not as well as Richard is doing. But uh, I'm happy to have you back and to talk about this show and, and everything that happened. So, yay. Indeed, indeed. So, so yeah, um, it was great listening to the last episode. Um, you know, even though I wasn't there, listening to it was, was, was great and hearing you guys' uh, opinions of episode three. I did get a chance to watch that episode, you know, after the fact. And yeah, you, you guys did a great job with the analysis. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're able to be reunited for, for episode four, because there is a lot to talk about now. So, um, so yeah, it feels good to be back. I'm not ready for the camera yet, but hopefully by the next episode, you know, I'll be back on camera and everything. You know, I'm still not 100% yet, but but I'm getting there. So, you know, that's the main thing. But um, yeah, um, let's get right into it without delay. Um, first of all, thank you to all the people who support the show and everything. There was a lot of uh, interesting comments last week, a lot of returning faces, you know, big shouts to Inga71. You know, I saw her in the comments and stuff. So so yeah, uh, thank you for all the support. Make sure you guys, you know, drop your comments, um, hit the like button, and also subscribe to the channel. And, you know, keep supporting us because we are, you know, talking about more content that we can offer, you know, regarding power and some of the other shows we cover. You know, we also cover The Walking Dead. So if you've been watching that new Daryl spinoff, make sure you check out the reviews, you know, the I Am Negan show and everything. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be covering Power and BMF for the next few months because Raising Canaan is coming. BMF season three is coming. And um, and uh, Ghost, Ghost will be coming back eventually. So look out for that. We're, we're talking about some other stuff that we're going to cover too. So make sure you guys show your support, you know, so that we can keep offering you this this good content. 
But um, with that being said, let's kick it off with our takeaways for, for episode four. Um, and I am going to go first this week. So I'm going to jump right into it. So first of all, um, I guess what I want to what I want to highlight here is um, so we saw in this episode that Tommy and Maria got pretty close uh, and Tommy actually, you know, he promised her that he was going to give her a driving lesson and he followed through in this episode. We saw the whole driving lesson and Maria was actually pretty confident behind the wheel enough to be speeding down the road while the, uh, while the task force was trying to take photos of them and everything um, so yeah, that, that went well, that driving lesson. And, um, you know, also we see that on the flip side of that, you know, Miguel was kind of trying to threaten your boy Janard because Janard was late with the payment and, you know, Janard explained to him that, you know, he has a situation with Merkovich because CBI isn't paying up their side or whatever. And, uh, you know, uh, Miguel decided to torture Janard a little bit, rough him up a little bit, just to show him, like, you, you should be more scared of me than Murkovich. You know, that was basically the message he wanted to send to, to Janard. Now, what I want to highlight here is that there was a moment where Maria came in to give Miguel his insulin, you know, or whatever, for his diabetes, and, um, you know, she saw that he was torturing Janard and everything. And there's a little moment there where, uh, you know, Maria and Janard lock eyes. And in these shows, that kind of tends to mean something where two characters kind of acknowledge each other. So, you know, that moment kind of stood out to me because, uh, you know, it got my mind working because now I'm thinking what might happen is... Janard might actually like pull up on Tommy at some point and see that he's with Maria. And then he might actually tell, you know, Miguel this information to get on, on his good side. So, you know, that was a, a little, it was a tiny little observation I, was, I made, you know, during this. Cause sometimes, you know, where, when the show is good, it gives you these little nuggets of like, you know, things that could happen. Um, it gives you like these little setup moments, you know. Um, I feel like in the first season we didn't really get much of that, and that was one of the problems. But you know, this time around, because the show is properly structured, we're kind of getting these little, you know, moments that that could lead to other plot points and other developments. So, you know, I wanted to definitely acknowledge that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what you two think about that later on as well, you know, because uh, I'm sure you guys will have something to say about it. But, you know, that was the first point. So secondly, I want to talk about the Flynn's because throughout this episode, Claudia once again showed that she is the mastermind of the Flynn's because although Walter is in the prime position at the moment, Claudia is making some like serious, subtle kind of moves that, that are kind of like, you know, letting her, that it's leading her to the path of becoming, you know, the dominant force in the Flynn family. So, you know, um, the, way, the way that happened in this episode was like, first of all, we saw her uh, negotiating with, you know, Murkovich and everything. 
you know, she was kind of setting up some kind of alliance with him and she gave him some information, some valuable information about Tommy and some of the stuff CBI is doing with having extra territory with the prison system and everything like that. Um, and then, you know, Merkovich made it clear that he doesn't want to work with her father and Claudia, you know, basically tells him, you know, you don't have to, you know, we can, you can work with me or whatever. And, you know, um, Merkovich says, you know, you have, you have big balls under that dress or whatever, you know, so, so he gives her that compliment. And then, you know, we see also in this episode that she once again manipulates Vic by firstly telling him about what uh, Walter is doing with Gloria's bar and stuff. Um, and then he obviously goes there and he's not very happy because things are moved around and the, the pictures are gone and stuff. And then, you know, this, this kind of uh, really upsets him to the point where later on he talks with Claudia again. And this time, you know, he agrees to work with her again and they even go as far as to kind of suggest that they're going to kill, you know, Walter or something, you know, they're going to try and do something to take him out. So that was pretty interesting. So just the way Claudia was able to set that up shows that she is coming for the top spot. You know, she is coming for that, that's top seat in the Flynn family. Now, whether they actually go through with taking out Walter is, is one thing because who knows Walt, Walt could see it coming. You know, I, I, I kind of feel like he's, he's a man with experience. So he might, you know, he might see an attack like that or something like that happening. Um, and he might have some kind of fail self, fail safe plan in case it does go down. But, you know, we, we also know that there is a slight dis- disruption between him and his concierge, which is Paulie. You know, they had, they, they went at it in this episode. So that could be, you know, something that is exploited a little bit too. You know, uh, maybe, maybe Claudia and Vic could appeal to Paulie and it could be like some sort of hostile takeover between the three of them. Or, you know, maybe it will be the other way around and Paulie will show his loyalty to Walt by foiling the plan that Claudia and Vic has. So Paulie is very much in the middle of this, you know, civil war within the Flint, I think. Um, so I want to see how they play that card because it could go many ways. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, interesting to see. They're finally, they're finally actually making the Flynn's entertaining to watch a little because throughout the first season, like, they, they were boring. They were like straight up boring to watch. But now they're kind of, you know, it's, I, I want to see how their story kind of ends. So they've made them somewhat interesting. So that's good. And then finally, the last takeaway is um, basically DMAC. Now, I know that a few weeks ago we had a conversation about whether, you know, Tommy would learn from what happened with Tariq and kind of try to apply some of these lessons to, to DMAC and stuff, who is his, his, real, um, his real nephew and everything biologically. And Tommy had, he did kind of try to steer him in the right direction a little bit. 
he kind of warned him, you know, not to get involved and to stay away because there was a moment in this where I think D-Mac threatened to to join with a rival gang or something if if Tommy doesn't put him down with CBI. And Tommy was very angry about that and warned him, you know, not not to do that. And if he ever sees him out in the streets, it's going to be bad for him and stuff. You know, so he did kind of like, you know, warn him and try to to stray him away from that life. But now, as you see at the end of the episode, D-Mac has kind of thrown himself fully into the mix by taking out a cop. Like he killed a cop, basically. Like, you know, Seamus returned in this episode and he was still trying to extort Diamond and everything. And Tommy tried to resolve this. Um, he even made an offer to Seamus, which is basically, you know, you give us information about task force or whatever or the investigation and we'll give you money basically so he tried to make it easy for him but Seamus didn't listen he held a gun up at Tommy and that led to his demise because at the same time D-Mac came in with the gun you know the gun that he stole and yeah he put he put Seamus to rest so D-Mac you know He's officially arrived. He he's he's in the mix now because he just took out a cop. Now there's various ways they can play this, of course, you know. Because um, let's be real, if you kill a cop, like you, you don't just kill a cop. Like that's going to be a problem because they're going to come looking for this guy, you know, um, and they're going to be you know tracking all of his movements and seeing where you know he's been and who's seen him. And, that stuff so this is going to be a thorn in their side it's going to be a problem for them so eventually somebody is going to have to do the time you know because they're not going to stop investigating this so you know the the question is how are they going to get around this you know are they just going to try and hide the body very well so that there's never any evidence or you know are they you know, I, I, even if they do that, I still think the body's going to come up at some point. You know, it's like if they hide the body, it's only going to go away for so long. Like it's going to be a plot point that will come back at some point. You know, so who is going to do the time? Like, is is Tommy going to offer to do the time for DMAC? Is JP going to offer to do the time for DMAC? Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to frame somebody else for it? You know, they're going to have to figure this out because this is no, you know, this is no um, small deal. You know, this is this is a big thing. He, he's taken out a cop. So, yeah, this is the start of D-Max. Like, uh, I mean, he was already doing some stuff in the first season, but this is a major thing. This is a major uh, uh, bullet point in his criminal career, if you will. So. Yeah, D-Mac has arrived. He, you know, like it or not, you know, whether Tommy likes it or not, he is a, a pivotal part of, of the CBI business at this moment now because this is a problem that they all have to deal with. So, yeah, that was interesting to see because, you know, we see D-Mac's development of wanting to be in the game and now he's kind of forced his way in a little bit by taking up the shameless problem. So. I want to see how they play that in the next episode. Um, and that is going to be very interesting to see with, uh, you know, especially the dynamic between JP and Kate. And, you know, how are they going to respond to this too? So, 
that's going to be, you know, all that is going to be interesting to see. But those are my main observations for this episode. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what uh, both Richard and Dana has to say about uh, this episode. So I'm going to hand it over to Richard now. So when you're ready, Rich, take it away and let us know what you thought. Okay, first and foremost, excellent takeaways as always, Gary. And that is a very awesome observation that you made earlier about uh, Gennard possibly uh, finding out about Maria and basically telling Miguel this information later. Uh, We're going to see how that plays out, but I 100% think you are right on the money with that prediction. So we'll stay tuned and see what happens. Uh, So my initial thoughts. Now, let me just say this. I know I saw some comments last week. I know some people, they aren't liking the show. I personally think the show has been a lot better than last season. And the reason for that is because Gary Lennon. You know, Gary Lennon was a part of the original Power Show. So this is why the show feels like it's a real power show now. It it just feels a lot better compared to the last season. So uh, stay tuned. But I enjoyed this episode. I do have three takeaways I want to get into. So I'm not going to take up too much time because I definitely want to hear what Dana has to say. Uh, My first takeaway of this episode, obviously last week I spoke about about Chris Lofton and how he portrays Gennard on this show. And again, I thought he had a very interesting uh, episode this week. We see that he's continuing to go down this downward spiral because of all the stuff happening with trying to manage his group as well as dealing with now. And now he's messing around with heroin. So we do see that he does have another payment due to the Serbs, but he also has to pay Miguel. So still having some issues dealing with this entire process. And as you already mentioned, Gary, he already does run into an issue with Miguel in this episode because he doesn't have the money ready for Miguel. Now, he also, in this episode, does tell Shanti that he killed Little K. And obviously, she didn't like to hear that response, but she does side with him because, again, that's that's her partner. That's the one that she's looking out for. But she does suspect that he is using something. And obviously, he brushes that off saying, no, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. So I'll be very curious to see how things continue with that relationship. Because what we did see in this episode is that, obviously, he has lost full control of his group. We had the nice little, uh, and I did talk with Gary about this because I I enjoyed this, the uh, back and forth fight with his crew. Because he finally admitted to them, oh, yeah, I did kill little K. Now, I want to say this. Uh, Chris Lofton, as an actor, I want to give him a shout-out because clearly he has learned from Amin Joseph on uh, you know, our other show, Snowfall, Uncle Jerome. Now he knows how to squabble because that little fight sequence, that was very entertaining, him flipping the guy over with, throwing <laughs> him up against that. Listen, I laughed. I had to watch that a couple of times because it was hilarious. You know, so. But his performance the entire episode, after he gets into that fight and then he has, he says, no, I'm treason. That kind of reminds me of when I saw a training day and Denzel Washington had his breakdown. You know how he treated when Jake found out and then how people were reacting to him when he was out in the street. Uh, The Pelican Bay stuff. I felt the same energy with that performance from, you know, Chris Lofton. Obviously he's not Denzel Washington, but I think he's doing a very good job with the character this season. So I didn't want to point that out. But yeah, uh, as far as what's happening with Gennard in this episode, uh, it's a lot of chaos. 
So I'm very curious to see what happens next. But uh, it's, it's I, I predict it's going to get a lot more. It's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. So stay tuned for that. My second takeaway of this episode is touch upon the Flynn's. And a lot of the stuff that you already mentioned, Gary, obviously, Walter feels a lot of pressure as he has been feeling for most of this season. But like I had mentioned on last week's uh, podcast, I didn't really feel like Dublin it, for the last couple of episodes. It didn't really feel as though I should take Dublin seriously. Obviously we see Brendan and you see, he's just having these conversations with Walter, very threatening, so on and so forth. But I didn't really feel the pressure of that. But then what he does is that Polly does come to Brendan and basically tries to basically buy Walter some time. Now, obviously, Walter, you know, he has a, a huge ego and a lot of pride. He didn't like the fact that Polly went behind his back to try and save him because he looks at that as a sign of weakness. So you understand why the character cut ties with Polly later in the episode. But I think the point you made, Gary, about him potentially about, you know, this whole thing with Vic and Gloria, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Vic and Claudia that they may potentially approach uh, Polly later if they have a plan to take out Walter. I definitely see that happening. But let me just say this right now, what I would love to see happen. Obviously, they already told us that Walter was the one that basically played a major role in getting Gloria killed. I would love to see it revealed that actually Claudia is the one that actually is behind this. Because the way you mentioned how she manipulated Vic, when they had their conversation, she's saying, I want to kill Da. And then she's talking to Vic. And Vic obviously is hesitant. And I had mentioned this also last week. I said, obviously, Vic wants his father to pay for what happened, but I don't think he would go far enough to kill him. This is why he was struggling in that moment when they had that conversation. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I don't know if the writers are going to do this, but I would love to see that actually Claudia has been lying to Vic as well, because I feel like this, this family has a lot of secrets and she either played a role in what happened to Gloria or she played a role in what happened to, 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 to Gloria's spot, because now it's pretty much a strip club. And I find it interesting how when Vic had that conversation with her, she said, Oh, you haven't seen what Dad did to your, what, what, what dad did to, to uh, Gloria's uh, club. Have you? But yet, Vic didn't think to ask, well, how do you know this information? What, how, what all, how, how is your, how are you involved in this entire process? So I kind of feel like he already knows as a character, he can't trust his sister or his father. So I would want to see him question this stuff further going into the rest of the season. But I would be very, I, I'm just telling you, this is just my opinion and I, I, it's probably not going to happen, but I want Claudia to also be involved in what happened to Gloria to some extent, because it would make a lot of sense, Right because she is positioned now as the main Flynn character that is the biggest threat to everybody, the one that everybody is, should be focused on. So I kind of feel like they're going to do more with that character uh, as the season comes to an end, but we'll see what happens. So stay tuned for that. And finally, final takeaway that I have for this week. My name is the power driving instructor because, you know, I'm trying to give you guys an instructional lesson on what they're doing in the show. Now, I may not, sometimes when I talk about stuff on here, it's my opinion. I'm not going to say everything because the show doesn't show us every single detail of what happens. Some stuff is left to interpretation. And then later on, they may expa explain it further. But as a driving instructor, I do feel it was important to talk about a few things. So 
obviously, we got that driving lesson that Tommy had in this episode with Maria. We knew that was coming. And I and I, I, do, I did find it hilarious how the whole time he's on this date with her, because they do go to the zoo, he also has to deal with the Rojas, one of Rojas's guys that managed to follow him, and he had to take him out. That was a very, uh, you know, a very uh, fatal, I, I guess you could say a fatal death that he gave this guy, you know, stab him and then slice him up. That that was very graphic. But, uh, hey, they, they got to show you that, that Tommy don't play when people come after him. But, yeah, you know, obviously Maria is interested. At the end of the episode, she does give him a kiss. They do kiss, and then he has to leave because he has to deal with the situation with Diamond. The one thing I, I do want to say, though, about Tommy and Diamond in this episode these guys still keeping secrets from each other. And you did see that Diamond was hesitant to tell Tommy about what was really happening with Seamus until the second time that Tommy saw him with Seamus, which I think tells you this. But the thing is that Tommy has not really been keeping Diamond up to date with the fact that now he is messing around with Maria. Obviously he knew about, he knew he warned him before about don't mess around with Maria, but that relationship is progressing. And Tommy has kept that secret from him. On the flip side of that, Tommy has also not been talking with JP about what's been really happening with DMAC. And it's interesting that you made the comment you made, Gary, because I actually don't think that they're going to tell JP what happened with this cop getting killed. It's going to probably come out a little bit later because I'm looking at the fact that DMAC has is, is actually been working for Tommy, you know, you know, doing the stuff on the apps. And yet this conversation has not happened between JP and Tommy, where Tommy is letting him know, oh yeah, I, this is what your son is doing right now. So I kind of feel like something is coming with that. But now that a cop is killed, you know, I'll be very curious to see if they actually do tell JP and Kate. But I don't know if that's going to happen because uh, it just feels like they're keeping secrets from a lot of characters are keeping secrets from each other. So let's see what happens. But uh, aside from that, uh, the other thing I did want to mention. And this is just a small point. Now, obviously, Leon, the character that Dana and I spoke about last week, the little kid activist, you know, we do see that his mom basically pays a visit to, pays a visit to the barbershop, talks to Diamond about getting her son some lessons. And you saw that Diamond had his eyes locked on her for a very long time. So to go to Gary's theory about what he said when people's eyes lock, I kind of think that Diamond is going to pursue that relationship later which is going to be bad news because of the correctional officer that he is basically working with now to sell the product in the jail system. So I'm telling you right now, that's going to be a problem. If he gets involved with that kid's mom, while he has this other relationship with this other woman, she's going to be very jealous. There's going to be some stuff that goes down and all of a sudden things with Rojas might not work out the way that they anticipate. So stay tuned for that because that's a very important detail because they spend a lot of time focusing on them looking at each other and all this other stuff, very flirtatious looks. So stay tuned for that. But overall, I thought this was an excellent episode. Uh, I like that they're giving me things to think about on a week-to-week basis, and I definitely look forward to seeing what happens next week. Whoa, that, that was some, uh, those were some interesting theories there. I, I like that. I like that about... Uh... You know what you said about uh, you know Leon's mom. Uh, first yeah. of all, you know I'm 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 actually Leon's pop, so uh, I wouldn't be happy to see that because you know that is, <laughs> you know <laughs> I got history there. But but no, um, that's a great theory. I, I do think 
I do think that's what they're setting up. I do because, like you said, there was that intense gaze uh, when she did show up, you know, between mm-hmm. her and Diamond. And I do think that that would be that would cause some conflict with the CEO that uh, Diamond has been, you know, sleeping with, and you know, and that might mess up the Rojas situation if mm-hmm. that's you know if he if he kind of gets her jealous and things uh, kind of you know. Go, go left with that relationship. So yeah, that's a great theory. And I do agree there's a lot of secrets going around also. And, and you make a good point that Tommy hasn't discussed the whole Rhea thing with Diamond yet. So mm-hmm. if he finds out, you know, because it could even, to go back to what I said earlier, it could even be that Janard tells Diamond that, you know, um, mm. Tommy is messing with Maria. So and and that would cause conflict between those two. So, you know, it could go many ways, I guess. But but yeah, definitely say, definitely a lot of secrets. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say I, I agree with you on that one. Uh I part of me is hoping that he that he actually tells uh Miguel because then it will create the dynamic once again. Well, now Tommy wants to take out Diamond. I mean, he, I mean, Tommy wants to, wants to take out Jannard. So it will create that dynamic again. Do you know they already have tension? But obviously yeah. it's a conflict because he is working with Diamond. So again, that's why I said I'm very curious to see how they handle that. But what you said, I believe a thousand percent is going to happen. He definitely is going to use that information to his advantage. Because, I mean, he's behind on paying Miguel now. He's going to have to find a way to get out of this situation. So I kind of feel like I see that happening, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, so Dana is back with us now. So let's go ahead and get her takeaways. And then, you know, we can uh, have more of a discussion after that. So go ahead. Okay, Dana. sorry about that. My sound wasn't sounding. But um, here's the thing that I already wanted to mention. Yes, we have the big parts that you guys spoke about that is very obvious and you can set up for the next episode. But there are little tiny things within this episode that just made me a little happy. First off, we had Tommy, um, when he was having a conversation in the house, he went in the, in, the, in the freezer and got ice cream. He still has the strawberry ice cream. So that just makes me, me feel that Kate is really trying. And while she's not there, she's trying and, you know, her and Tommy have claimed to an understanding and she's doing her best. And I, that's what I really like about this. That was like, yay. Then there was another moment between um, D-Mac and what was it? His father, uh, JP. And that was very simple. That was them playing That was at the piano. When he basically said, you know, um, I used to know piano when I was little. I used to play for hours, hoping it brings you back. And I like, that just broke my heart. And then he followed it up with, I don't play anymore because he knew he wasn't coming back. So he just gave up on that. And that little moment said a lot about their relationship. And then um, JP responded, well, I'm here now. I can teach you. And that really goes to show how much DMAC missed his father and longed for his father in his life and i think with that male parental unit he would have obviously probably been much better off while we don't know what it was like for him to be raised by his mother we do get that sense of he was longing for something more and i like at this moment that he has both his father 
and his uncle, even though I, I'm still a little weird with him calling him Uncle Tommy. Yes, that's biologically his uncle, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that's Tariq's nephew. What are you talking about? That's his boy. Um, but I really do like this. Um, another thing that was that you guys brought up was taking the blame. If this by any chance where DMAC gets arrested or something happens, remember he took the gun from his father. That's not his gun. So it technically, from my understanding, it traces back to either JP or Tommy. So I do feel that if push comes to shove, he will take that blame for his son. You had the whole, you wasn't there. I waited for piano and then I just stopped waiting. This is an opportunity for him to really apologize and be there for his son by taking that rap if that ever comes to terms. So I liked how they set that up where without saying much of anything at all, they, they said a lot and it leads a lot to speculation of their relationship down the line. Um, another thing is that JP, not JP, DMAC, in a weird way reminded me of Kanan. And I know we're talking about a completely different show overall, but in terms of he wanted to know what the gang was like. He wanted to belong. He wants to be in the family business, right? And now he's in the situation where he's I'm a real man. He shoots the dude in the head, which can create more complications for him because at the end of the day, that is a police officer. And now other people have to cover it up. And it also seems like, well, you want to be in this lifestyle now. Welcome. This is your first killing. And remember, we all kind of knew that when Kanan did his first killing, it wasn't perfect. It was kind of a scary thing for him. But at the same time, you know, I just see like these similarities within the shows. And I kind of like that. Again, overall, this kind of felt like The Wire. What was it? Episode four, where they added the children in. Not episode four, season four, when they added the children in. We're getting a lot more balance with the kids again i'm wondering if this takes away more focus from tommy um another thing it kind of felt like they were kind of wrapping up loose ends from the first season and kind of slightly apologizing in some way especially with the Seamus character it wasn't really going anywhere and the fact that they still had him doing the same blackmail situation i don't think if the original showrunner stayed within the show I don't think that storyline would have still just made of care. Like, I don't care about the situation and I don't care about that character. I feel that that was the best way to just dead the situation. Yes, you can say, well, he should have never been back at this, you know, period. But to completely kill him off, you can't bring him back anymore. There's no questions about what's going to happen in the future. But at the same time, it does have a direct correlation of the JP character and whether or not Tommy himself is gonna step up in that uncle position and what is he gonna do? And that complicates matters, you know, even more so with this task force that is literally on the booty butts. So I appreciate the killation of Seamus. Um, he should have never been created in the first place, but I appreciate the killation of him. Another thing that was really interesting was Walter and Gennard. I don't know where this intense drug use came up. Um, to me, it just kind of felt like it was a sudden thing. Like there's a difference because we, we're doing drugs, you know, recreational, uh, you know, our little downtime, we're slightly stressed. But then now we're kind of like full blown 
I'm a little concerned and worried about you um, right now. But we do have, with, kind of coupled with Walter, we do see the demise or the starting of the demise of two very distinct characters. One with Walter and him, yes, he owes everyone money. And his ego is also his downfall. But you look at the fact that people are trying to get him out of the business. Um, his own family is working against him, obviously. Serbs and other people would want you out. That again, the power, while we call it power universe, it's all about gaining power. And he is losing that grip of power. His children are not falling in line like they were previously. You know, anything dad says, we're going to do because, you know, SIE family. Um, and on top of that, he is excommunicating family members out of his own business. You look at the situation with Polly. Polly, what I thought he did was a very respectable thing in terms of, I love you. I don't want you to die. We're going to, I'm going to go and pay them off and just give you a week. Well, we can understand that when you have that, that ego. And also, as he said, as Claudia has mentioned many times before, the sexism, the misogynism, um, thinking you always know everything because you're a man. You know, we see how him kicking Polly out, I don't even, not even just the business. It felt like I'm kicking you out of the family right now. Um, how that, you know, is going, is really can do more harm to him than what he knows. And then you have the situation with Gennard with him acting very recklessly, him constantly being high. I was really shocked that he even admitted that he killed little Kay because I'm like, oh, that's, that's a revenge plot right there. Um, but it just shows the recklessness of how these two characters don't care anymore. And I can't appreciate that. Um, I, and also it deals, it helps with the tension of not just the episode, but the show overall. Because when you start messing with people like that and you become so brazen about it, that can, it makes it easy for open season on your head. So I, that, it was one of those episodes with everything that has happened where I kind of felt like I didn't know who was going to get shot, who was going to die or what. I mean, we got one killing, you know, and I, I kind of expected because I'm just like, why are you still here? Ew. But See what any moment. Remember when Gennard had that fight with the with the guy whose name I forgot. Um, I was like, oh, well, someone's getting shot for sure. May not be Gennard, but maybe it's his people. But the fact that also with that, instead, they all walked away from him. They didn't want anything to do with him. So um, you can look at it that is his business is kind of falling apart. So that would be very interesting aspect there about that and another thing that really kind of stood out for me is we're getting small glimpses of the original Tom, Tommy back and I don't know if I have to thank um, the sister Maria for this but yay uh, Tommy is someone who thrives off of adrenaline and gets that adrenaline rush and when he was in the car with Maria who was like yay you know at behind the wheel beating and whatnot you kind of seen this moment where they clicked and you know I don't know if it was just solely the adrenaline but it, it kind of seemed like they matched each other's energies so I really like even though I, I don't like romance storylines I appreciate that they kind of matched his energy and so we're seeing some of that and then we saw the brutalness of Tommy um, when it came to killing 
the Rojas guy in the bathroom that was teased in the trailer that we didn't know what was going on because we just saw a fight. Um, but he gutted him. And this is when you say gutted him like a fish, which was that corny line Miguel said in those previous episodes. Um, but I like the fact that we're getting the little glimmer of that gritty Tommy back. So I like where we're, we're slowly cracking that I'm sad, depressed, I want to be a new Michelle. Go back to who you are. Because that's who we love the most. Um, so that's interesting. And then also, I kind of felt like the Gloria being the Gloria uh, coffee shop, whatever club, turning into a strip club was like, eh, okay. It didn't do anything for me. Like something that just existed. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that really wasn't something I was like, yay. Um, another thing that I just wanted to bring up was the fact that we have some snitches. The snitches, and they're not getting stitches yet. We have that woman who picked out Walter. I'm not Walter, I'm sorry, Victor. And it was very insistent that I did not see Tommy. So while Victor is plotting his, you know, revenge party on Da, he doesn't do these, all these things that he's doing on the side is coming back at him. And I think, I wonder, will Walter be there for him this time? Because he was there for him when he got arrested trying to, well, not trying to, he actually robbed the liquor store, which was really corny. Again, get that STD test because I don't know what was going on in, in that room. Random person. And remember that he didn't wash in like days. But point I'm making is this. I wonder if Walter is going to be there for him now. Um, because if you have like the task forces meeting and the girl is picking you up out of the, the picture book, you're going to need something. And I, Paulie being kind of excommunicated at this point, I wonder if he's going to truly be on his own. And I wonder if this season is going to start to write off some characters because it's a lot to juggle. And so I really wonder as a whole, who are, who is expendable at this point? And I do feel, and I know that I, maybe this is because Vic is Victor, but Victor to me is not at that strong point where he can lead anything. He finally got out of his grieving phase, but he's still just one of those, why are you there still? And so I wonder if we're gonna start to maybe see him go away because Claudia is so much more advanced in both the business and just connections and everything that she brings to the table. So I personally wouldn't mind if Victor is past starts to come up, you know, come for him. And by Walter not being there for him, it's a make or break. He either has to become a man or he's gonna just flounder and go to jail and, you know, do something stupid. So that, and I think JP, if he does take the blame or somehow this comes back to him, we can start writing off characters now who are expendable. So that's that's kind of mainly my main points there. Good stuff there. Um, I like how you um, highlighted the significance of the piano scene between JP and, uh, and DMAC. You know, because that, that does uh, paint a broad picture of their relationship. So well done. Um, and yeah, I do agree 
you know, I'm 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 really wondering where they take Vic's character um, this season. You know, because he is the more passive uh, character in the Flins. But um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And and uh, like you said, that that girl picked him. They she she uh she identified his photo instead of Tommy's. So I want I want to see where they take that next. You know, if 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 Vic actually like gets picked up for that, because you know he he's already been in trouble with the law once this season, and his father bailed him out. So that would be interesting. You know, if it happens again you know, to some, to some degree, but yeah, I guess we'll wait and see, but we'll, uh, we'll get into our questions and discussions so we can have, you know, more of a back and forth about things, but uh, just another reminder to the, to the people listening or watching, please do leave your comments. Let us know your theories and your thoughts about what we're discussing and also hit that like button, which is very important and subscribe to the channel also. So with that being said, let's get into our next segment now because there are some some things to discuss. So um, I wanted to start with, you know, something um, which is, it it stems from Tommy and Maria's time together in this episode uh, when there was kind of at that park slash zoo thing. I don't know if it was a zoo, but... They was they was walking through the park or whatever, and I think they were they were having a conversation about you know children and kids and stuff. And this is something you know this is a topic we don't really think of when it comes to Tommy Egan, because you know obviously in the original Power, Ghost was the one with the family and everything. Uh, we know that Kanan had a son as well. He had Sean, you know. But when we think of Tommy, he doesn't have that in his life. And, you know, they, they actually got into a conversation in this episode about, um, you know, whether they could have kids, you know, um, they, they, they weren't specifically saying together, but they were just talking about kids in general. And, you know, Tommy was basically saying, that's not in, that's not on the cards for me. You know, I don't think that's on the cards for me with the lifestyle that I live, basically. So, you know, I wanted to ask you guys. Could you actually see this happening for the character? Because, you know, sometimes if we're going to have a whole show that's based on Tommy, sometimes they have to give us the unexpected, you know, thing, like the things that we don't expect of Tommy's character. Because in the original Power, we know him for being, you know, the uh, the ruthless guy, the, the the unhinged character, you know, the um, the one with with zero tolerance the one with, uh, you know, who's a hothead and everything. But in this, because this show is is fully dedicated to him, we kind of have to see a broader brush. Like, we have to see him painted in, in, in other tones. So do you, do you see, potentially, Tommy Egan having a child in this series at some point? Like, could that actually be a possibility? And, you know, for all we know, it could actually end up being with Maria. You know, who knows? But what do you think about that? You know, I just kind of wanted to ask the question. So go ahead, Dana. What do you think about that? You you want them to paint with all the colors of the wind. Um, I, uh, it would add 
a different dynamic to the Tommy character because the only time that we've really seen him in a father role is as Uncle Tommy or when he was like kind of step-daddy-ish maybe to Lakeisha's kid. Um, but we've never fully invested in, you know, Tommy daycare. I am all for giving us something that is the unexpected. I'm all for um, him having that life. But again, he did kind of say, you know, because of the lifestyle that he lives, it would be very difficult. But at the very same time, Ghost had a whole family, which is really not a great example because he was a terrible husband and kind of father, you can argue. Um, no, he was too good of a father because Tariq was just a booty butthole. He was a terrible husband. Um, but in terms of a kid, I would like to see that dynamic with Tommy. Um, I would like to know what it's like for him to be fiercely protective of someone. And yes, granted, we've seen that with um, him and, and Ghost and his family. But when it's your own, there's a difference in that protection level. Uncle Tommy is going to be way different than Daddy Tommy. So I would love to see that. It would be completely unexpected. So yeah, I would I would go for that hesitantly, not right now. Maybe in like uh, season five. Only because it's it's weird because we've been with the character for so long that this is not technically his first showing. Um, I'm on the fence to be honest with you. I don't know. I would like that dynamic if it's able to be executed properly. Yeah, they, they they definitely would have to um, implement it in an interesting way, you know. Uh, I could definitely see Tommy being the type of uh, father who has, he, he's holding the baby in one hand and in the other hand he's got the gun shooting at someone. Like, he, he'll definitely be that kind of father, you know, <laughs> getting into drive-bys while he's got the baby in the car, you know, so. See, that reminded me of Face Off. Remember the movie Face Off when he was in the car with his son and the son had to put on the big headphones so he doesn't hear anything? And he was playing like somewhere over the rainbow and all you saw was like the slow-mo action scene of Nicolas Cage and John Travolta shooting out. Oh, it was brilliant. I would like that. Now that you say that, you put that imagery in my head. Yay. Oh, yeah, that, that was a classic movie, Face Off. I used to love that. But but yeah, um, yeah. I think I think Tommy would definitely be an interesting father. I'd like to see how it changes him, but then also how his behavior influences the child a little bit and stuff like that. All of that would be interesting to see. But of course, they would have to make it make sense for the story they're telling, also. So, uh, which is kind of what what you were saying. So yeah, I agree with you on that one. But Rich, what do you think about that? Well, first and foremost, that is an excellent question, Gary. And I'll be very curious to hear what the commenters also have to say about that question. But to answer the question specifically, this is what makes it a very tragic situation. Because OG Power fans know Tommy would have been a father if he didn't kill Holly because she was pregnant when he killed her. So that's why it's yeah. a very sad. Yeah, see, that's why it's a very sad and tragic situation. Because, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he never really got over the, the fact that he had to kill her to save ghosts. But uh, that, that's why I said um, 
What they're telling us in this particular season of Force is that this Maria character is a lot different than anyone that Tommy has ever dated. You know, he's doing stuff that he's never done before. Like he mentioned, they went to the zoo in this episode. He doesn't normally do this type of stuff. Um, So she's allowing him to see a different way of how to live life. And that's why I say it would be interesting if he did become a father, because then he's going to really have to balance. I mean, like like you you both said, it's a totally different situation when you have to protect your own kid. And of course, that would change the character dramatically. So I do believe to an extent he is right that uh, he uh, he doesn't really think it's possible because of the lifestyle that he lives. But I don't think it's impossible because, as as Dana said, Ghost had a family of his own as well. So it's not impossible. But obviously, uh, you know, one thing we do know about Maria is that she is 100 uh, percent behind Tommy because that whole thing when they had their kiss and then they have the conversation, he says, oh, that could be family when he gets the page from from Diamond. And then he straight up tells her, he's honest with her and saying, no, this is not a family situation. It's something I got to deal with right now. She was very understanding. She didn't leave. She know what type of, what type of work he's involved in, and she still wants to stay there. So she is a ride or die. So that's why I say, as a viewer, you want to see that relationship grow and where it goes. But I still kind of feel it's, it's going to be very tragic as far as how it ends. But I, I want to see what happens. But to answer your question, I think it will be a very good direction to take the Tommy character in just to show you a different side of him. If he did have someone that he needed to care for. And like Dana mentioned, yes, we did see how he was very close to cash. Lakeisha's uh, son, uh, of course he was close with Tariq. And then of course he had issues with Tariq, but it's a totally different situation when it's your own kid, you know? And one thing that I know, and again, I'm not a, uh, I don't have a kid. I'm not a parent, but one thing that I, I have heard, just from you no know, people who have uh, kids, they say that it is both a beautiful thing, but it's also a very, very worrying thing because you don't you, because you care so much about the kid's safety. What happens to the kid? It doesn't matter how old they get. You always are concerned about how they are, how they're doing. I know that. I'm pretty sure anyone that has parents, your parents still care about you to an extent. You know, they they're going to always care about you, depending on what kind of parents you have. I'm just saying, but it is a situation where if this is somebody that came from you, you had a kid, I can understand that's an unconditional love and concern for what is happening to my kid, so on and so forth. So I would like to see what happens if they take that path with Tommy, but we'll have to see we'll have to see if that's what they're actually going to do, because it's going to take a time. That's not something that just happens immediately. That would have to happen over a course of time, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead, Dano. Just a really quick side note with that thing that he that Richard brought up with the fact that he said, no, this is not family. I was so excited that he said that because he's able to compartmentalize family and business. I was afraid that he was like, yeah, that's my brother, you know, but no, family is family. And what's going on with the whole diamond situation? That's not my family. This is business. So I loved that little scene right there because I didn't I didn't want the two to cross over. Which still makes me think that if something was to go down, he would easily choose himself.
Yeah. Wait. So say that last part again. You think he would choose himself if? Uh, yeah, because as yeah. you know, your family, you know, it put things in certain perspective. Like I do believe that if something happened with D Mac, Tommy yeah. would try to protect him because that's his family. As opposed to if something happened to Diamond, I don't think it would be of that intensity right. because he said that is not family. Yeah. It's business. So you look at to have a certain outlook and you treat people differently when it comes to business and family. So that little nugget when he said that's you know, he didn't even say that's business. He said, No, that's not family. It was like, yes, because I don't want there to be too much blending right. within that. I like seeing work Tommy, family Tommy. No, you, you make a very good point with that. He does compartmentalize, you know, his, his family and business. That's that's one thing he does very well in this series, actually. Um, and that actually, you know, brings me to the, the next question as well. So, you know, I wanted to ask you both, how do you think that, you know, he is actually going to deal with this DMAX situation? So, like, you know, what is going to be the outcome or what are they going to try and do to make this go away? So um, you know, will will they will DMAC end up doing the time? Or do you think that, you know, somebody else will do it for him? Like maybe uh one of one of the other characters will fess up to the crime, you know, Diamond since it happened in on his property and he is on parole. You know, could could he end up being taking the rap for that? Or will Tommy offer to take the rap for it? Will JP, you know, or will they try and frame someone? So I'm going to go ahead to Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. because I see, you know, he, he's got he's got something to say about that. So go ahead, Rich. I think Dana has perfectly answered this question already. It's JP. And here's the thing. This is a perfect callback to the original power. Remember when Tariq wanted Ghost to do the time for him and Ghost said, no, it's you're going to have to do the time. But I can get you free. See, that that's that parallel is there. I know people don't like to compare both shows, but the parallel is there because if it does go to that, we know JP, he doesn't want nothing bad to happen to his son. So if he needs to do anything for his son, he would go to jail. He would he would give up he would give up his life for his son. I feel like he would do all of that for his son because he cares about him so much. So that is the only person I think it would make sense for that to happen. Tommy, no, because Tommy is the main character of the show, and they want you to remember, we have to keep things interesting for Tommy. He got he got too much stuff. It's too exciting to see the character feel vulnerable, and that's one thing that I did want to mention very briefly. When Dana made the comment about you had the scene where Tommy is talking with Maria in you know at the zoo, you see he's a lot you know he's a lot more calmer, nicer, receptive to what she's saying caring and concern. And then the, right after that, he has to kill the Rojas guy. What I like about what they're doing with the show now that they did not do last season, you actually feel that Tommy does have people after him because of how aggressive they are. The fact that when he, when, when the guy tried when little K tried to kill him in a, in a shootout, all this stuff, you really feel like the character is vulnerable. And we didn't feel that last season because it felt like he was unstoppable this season. He is vulnerable. So I, I, they're doing an excellent job with that. I just wanted to make a comment about that. But no, I think it's JP, Gary. I think it's, it has to be JP. It can't be anybody else. 
Yeah, that is an interesting point. And I, I like how you made that parallel back to the old power because that was something I thought about too, you know, when, when I was, uh, you know, putting together these questions, like, you know, about how, how that went for, for Tariq and Ghost and stuff. But, um, but Dana, what do you think about, you know, the, this whole storyline with DMAC? How are they going to handle this situation? Do you agree with Rich? I agree with Rich. And here's another thing. I don't, and, and I don't like comparison. And the best way for this to not be a comparison is to have this be a moment that shakes DMAC. You know, it's not like, yeah, they're killing. I want this situation to shake him where he actually goes on the straight and narrow and I don't want to do this anymore and I quit. Let's talk about music and math. Um, I think that overall that would just be such a refreshing change for the show. And again, this is the Tommy show and not the DMAP show. So I would like that to happen. Um, in terms of who would take the blame, again, I have to say that it would be JP. And that goes completely back to that piano episode or clip that they had where, you know, he's, ex he's explaining you, you wasn't there. And he's basically saying, well, let's make up for lost time. And then you have this and he could go to jail. What better way to truly say I'm here for you is to take the blame. Um, I don't think it'll be right away. I do feel that they will try to do something where they have to hide the body and maybe hide the weapon. Um, but on top of that, we have a whole surveillance that Tommy doesn't know he's under. They're following him. So I wonder if that is going to be a gotcha moment where they see something's being dragged out the house and they'll be going to be followed and then we discovered a dead body. And they can't necessarily put, pin it on Tommy or maybe they try to pin it on Tommy. Nothing's going right in terms of them trying to pin stuff on Tommy. Because remember, Vic got that blame when it came to that lineup right now. So I just wonder, you know, how they tailing Tommy is going to play into a much larger role. And right there, right now, I don't know if they're working within certain hours, um, but if they do see Tommy drag out something along with the others, will they then put pieces together? And then that's how they find the murder and DMAC is a hot mess, but then JP takes you know control. But I do want to bring up something this way. Uh, Seamus is technically known and in the record for, um, what's that word? Blackmailing. Um, JP, uh, what is it? Uh, yep, Diamond, sorry, for blackmailing Diamond. Because remember, the new parole officer said, oh, but you're going to try to pay me off like you did the other one? So he knows, everyone knows that this guy is technically crooked. So I wonder if how that will play into it as well, um, in terms of maybe, oh, maybe it was anyone who killed him because they all had a motive because he was all coming after everyone because he was dirty. But I just felt like, you know, they put that in for a reason. One, two, we don't no longer want Seamus because he's just annoying. And something that could be, remember, he didn't have to say, oh, you paid me off. He could easily say, well, I'm the new one now. They gave a reason, an explanation as to why he's no longer his PO. So I wonder if that has some type of significance in the future now that he's dead. Oh, everybody was after him. Anyone could have killed him. So maybe they're just lucky that they just killed a guy 
who just happened to be crooked and everyone hated. Yay. Oh yeah, he, he definitely was crooked because you know, remember in the last season he was also dealing with Vic as well, so and the mm-hmm. Finns, so he, and he could have said that he was black. Well, sorry. No, go ahead. As a motive, he could have said, oh, he was blackmailing me. Here's proof of the $50,000. Maybe someone else shot him when they just came to rob him. Maybe that's just how you get, get out of it. Yeah. Because they, they there was $50,000 uh, in the bag. Yeah. I, I will say that if they do try to, you know, pin it on someone else, they will have to probably move the body because it's going to be it's going to look bad on Diamond having someone, a, a cop killed at his barbershop um, when he's on parole. Like, you know, that that is not going to be a good look for him. So if they are going to try and um, pin it on someone else, they're going to have to definitely move the crime scene somewhere else, like, you know, move the body and everything. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I do agree that JP is a good option if, you know, if somebody has to do that time, you know, it it goes with the story that they're trying to tell at the moment because they are spending a lot of time to show us the dynamic between D-Mac and JP, you know, even in the last episode, I think it was where, um, you know, they talked about why he he didn't come looking for him and stuff like, you know, this all kind of plays into that story that they're telling. So so that that would be a good option, but uh, I guess we'll wait and see. But for the next question, you know, oh, did you have something else to add, Dana? Or- I just wanted to say that he kept saying he wanted to help. Remember, all through last season, I want to help. I want to help. I want to be a part of this. I want to help. What better way to help? I mean, he's not doing anything with the whole di- like. They made him memorize, memorize. They made him memorize the whole dial, the uh, dollar. Um, Dahlia. Chemistry component, Dahlia, chemistry component of how to put it together, and then clearly they just never did it. They're not doing anything with them. They didn't do anything with that. You know, we all thought it was going to hit the market, and that never happened. This is the best way for him to, you know, do something with himself. Yay! Oh, he'll definitely be doing something with himself. That's for sure. But um. So, next question. <laughs> so, um, let, let's move on to the other family in this. So, last time Vic and Claudia agreed to work with each other, um, you know, it, it, it didn't last very long. You know, they kind of agreed to work together, then Vic changed his mind and it all fell apart, you know, and he, you know, Vic went, went to work with Walt. And now he finds himself back working with Claudia again after she kind of, you know, nudged him to go check out uh, Gloria's bar and everything. So the question is, um, do you think that, you know, this uh, this alliance is going to last with them now? And are they going to go all the way with taking down Walt? Like, is, is this it now? Or do you see them falling apart again, you know, somehow? So... Uh, who, who who went first last time? Was it Rich? Okay, yeah, Dana. So, so Dana, what do you think about the Flints? You think they're gonna they're, they're, yeah, they're, the siblings they're, are gonna <laughs> go ahead? They're a hot mess. I think they're just a hot mess, and it's all because of Vic. Because Vic is just non-committal. 
and he's all over the place. Um, so I would like to see something work, even though, again, it'll be short term. I would just like him to be committed to something, stand for something, do something, aside from making monologues about how you're going to take down DOS. Um, I need there to be action, and that's the problem with him. There's no no action at the moment. So I would very much prefer for them to work together for the greater good. You know, her whole motive is to prove herself to society, and especially to her father and the Irish, that I am a woman, but I am just as equal or maybe even better than you. Uh, she has that motive and that purpose that is driving her. Again, Vic, I don't know, aside from revenge on that, but it's like, okay, what else? Like once, my thing is this, if dad is dead, then what? Is your goal to replace him? Is it to be head of the family? Is it to, you know, be head of the Irish mob? I don't know what, what his overall longstand motive is with him. And I don't think that this is a character that thinks of future. You know, even going back to the first season, he had to be nudged and told what to do. And with this, again, he's kind of just bouncing around. And even Tommy was like, you know, he kind of looked at him sideways. I don't think he ever looked at Victor with a sign of respect. It's more like just a sign of annoyance and aggravation. And why are you still existing? And I should kill you, but I'm not going to kill you. But I really should kill you. And I can kill you at any moment. But I'm not going to because I'm bored right now. So I just want this pack to last for the rest of the season. And then we'll take it from there because again, he's not a future planner. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I do want something definitive to, to happen, you know, with this situation. So either they go all the way and kill Flynn or you know, they split apart and they're, you know, forever in beef with each other. Like, because this whole routine of them, like, getting close and then falling out again is getting old. Um, I know we, we don't like to make too many comparisons, but they are definitely Kane and Drew, you know, in, in force, basically. You know, because it's, it's, it's almost the same dynamic. Like, Wait, who's Drew? Kane and Drew? Yeah, you said Ghost. Kane and Drew in force. You mean you mean ghosts? Yeah, ghosts. Yeah, that, huh? Yeah, no, no. Oh, I meant, I meant, I meant. I, I basically, oh. I basically meant like they're they're the Kane and Drew of the two Force. That's what I meant to say. That's what I meant to say. But, oh, yeah. the two. Okay, but no, even them, they kind of had somewhat of a purpose. No, I think that's accurate. They had somewhat of a purpose, but then that got discombobulated. Oh, that's such a good show. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, I was saying that they're Kane and Drew in force, but but yeah, like even even with 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 Kane and Drew, I feel like they usually manage to tie it into the story a lot more. So you know, I, I give them that. But in in this, it's just getting tired with Vic and uh, Claudia just constantly doing the same thing in a circle. But Kane and Drew, I felt had long-standing motives. Even though it may have changed, they at least had something. And you saw evolution of their relationship. Yeah. With that. 
And and then when they fell out, it had actual consequences for them falling out. With this one, it just feels like a side quest where you don't really have to partake in the side quest because you could just go to straight path and win the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like the it something significant has to happen, you know, that that's that's the basis of this, like if we're gonna, you know, have this whole alliance again, because we literally just had this a few episodes ago, you know, so please do something interesting with it, you know, is 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 my thing. But but Richard, what's your take on, you know, Vic and, and Claudia? Uh, do you think they're gonna continue working together this time? And are they gonna go all the way with taking down Walter? Uh no, Gary. Unfortunately, I don't do not believe this alliance will last. Um, what I find very interesting is that Vic outright told Claudia that he was the one that sabotaged Walter's deal in that previous episode. I mean, the character has said multiple times he can't trust. I, you know, he, he can't trust her or his father, but yet he tells her this information. You don't think she would say something about this to Walter later? That's why I say uh, there's going to be infighting that will continue, I think, with the entire family because they want you to, I guess, remain uh, entertained until the very end. But I do agree something has to happen. By the end of this season, one one or maybe a two of those characters have to be taken out because it feels like there's a lot of family drama. You now have Polly, who has basically been cut out of the family. And obviously the kids are, are very close to Polly. So I do agree with the comment made earlier that they will probably get him involved in this as well, because he was very angry about what happened with him losing his job, basically for trying to help out uh, Walter. So I want to see how that uh, pans out. But this whole thing about Vic teaming up with Claudia, I do not believe that will last for long. And when it comes to killing Walter, I still think that he's going to be very hesitant to do so. Because, I mean, it all depends on the situation. This is why I said earlier, it will be very interesting if it is revealed that Claudia actually knew a lot more about what happened to Gloria than she is letting on. Because that would make sense. Because the way she's been talking to him in this episode, basically convincing him, hey, I want to kill Da. And then she's basically trying to get him on board to, to agree to the plan. It feels like she has other motives in this. And it's not just about her you know, establishing business and doing this whole thing with Merkovich, it's, there's more to it. So I would like to see where they're going with that. The other reason why I say it's not going to happen is because Walt, Vic, Vic does not like the Serbs. Those are people who he does want to kill, all right? So obviously he can agree to work with her and say, yeah, okay, I'll work with you. But then again, the character has already told us in previous episodes, he is his own man. He has his own motives. He will agree to work with his father or sister, but he will still turn on them later on. So that's why I want to see what happens. But no, the alliance won't last, Gary, unfortunately. I know I know you like to see the family bond together. It's not going to happen, Jack, because this is not a feel-good show. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't like the family that much. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the story is a little better than last season, but yes, yeah, it's, it's it's getting tired with because it, it it's it's very repetitive with this family, you know the stuff yeah. the stuff they go through. So I just hope I they do they do something definitive. I, I, just, 
I just want to say I agree. It is it is repetitive. And last point that I will add once again, I, I'm going to say this every time we record a show because I, I want to make sure the writers are listening. Murkovich better not get out of this season alive. I said it last week because to me, it doesn't make sense to why this character is only on the show now because you have to have somebody representing the Serbs at, at, at a higher level. But this character, he has got to go. It's very I just don't like the the, the enemy. Um, and Tommy should have taken him out already. So by the end of the season, I'm expecting him to get killed off the show. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, I do think he won't make it out this season because, you know, what once uh, now that he's working with Claudia and they're probably going to be trying to step on Tommy's territory. Like once that happens, Tommy is going to get mad with this guy and take him out, I believe. So. So, yeah, I, I don't think it will last too much longer. But uh, le- let me get in one more question. You know, speaking of Murkovic, you know. Oh, Dana, did you just... Yeah, I, I think Dana has something she wanted to say, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I wanted to say, because it was a conversation in passing, I want to know. Yeah. They made such a big emphasis in... Ugh, can I talk? They made such a big emphasis to get rid of Polly. Polly knows everything, you know, as a consigliere. You know everything about everything. And so I was wondering, is this Paulie's time to shine? In terms of, is he now going to step out against Walter? I know that they have the family bonds and the ties, and I do feel he genuinely loves and respects him. And remember, Walter said, the only reason why I'm not going to kill you is because of my kids. There is love in that family for each other. But I wonder if Walter is going to team up with Claudia, not Victor, because he's too dumb, but team up with Claudia and they do something. He made the huge, you know, speech about his son being on drugs and, you know, how he tried to help him, but he couldn't. He's out on the streets. I wonder what the end game is for Pauly. Um, I know we talked about how Claudia and Vic teaming, but I'm wondering what's going on with him will he start and start during forces or is he going to just go quietly into the night i don't know what do you think about that rich what do you think all he's going to do that's a that's a very good question um i kind of feel like he well he doesn't have a job now so obviously you know he didn't like how that interaction ended Obviously, he knows that Walter is in a lot of trouble right now with Dublin. So I, I, I kind of feel like I don't really know yet until we see the next episode how he is going to react. But again, I, 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 what I do know is that he definitely will be reaching out to the kids. I'm pretty sure the kids are not aware yet that Walter has gotten rid of Polly. And they and they, and obviously Vic was close to I, I felt like Vic was a close was closer to Polly as far as the characters, because they've had interactions in the previous season. But uh, yeah, I kind of feel like they will lean upon uh, talking with him, and he may play a role in helping to take down Walter eventually. But uh, hard to know because we haven't seen what happens next. But I, I definitely think that his story is not over. And this, and this, obviously, this can definitely be his time to shine, as Dana said, depending on how they, you know, treat the actual storyline. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know personally what, what might happen. I do think, you know, like I said earlier, it could be a situation where Vic and uh, Claudia try to use Paulie to get to Walt. But other than that, you know, I'm not really sure. And I'm, 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 I'm willing to just let myself be surprised, um, you know, with this particular storyline. Because, you know, with Paulie, there, there's many things they could do. Because remember, they did also introduce his son last season. Um, you know, he was on drugs and everything. So, you know, will that get brought up again? Who knows? You know, so I'm I'm willing to wait and see what happens there. But I think you both have uh, some good, some some interesting takes on that too. And I want to see what the people have to say also. But um, yeah, so for, for, for my final question, you know, Janard... In my opinion, you know, this actor, he's doing a great job this season. Um, you know, what, what's the name of the actor, Rich? Janard's actor? Chris Lofton. Chris Lofton. Yeah, he's doing great, great work. I didn't hear you, Dana. Go say, say that again. I said he was a football player. He was a football player? Yeah, he was on Ballers, right? Oh. Yeah, he was on Ballers. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that how he got the... I don't know. All I know is okay. there's an interview that I did with, with a roundtable of directors and they... Uh, uh, oh, shoot. One of the directors, whose name is slipping my... Dion Taylor, explained that he was a football player and how they really amped it up and how he stepped up his role and stepped up his performance. So to oh. see that interview, if we have that on the site. Well, I think um, he, yeah, I believe he was referring to, to to the guy that plays Diamond, Isaac Keys. Oh, uh, in that interview. yeah, Isaac Keys. I am sorry, but, but, I confused everybody. But, but Chris Lofton was on Ballers, the show that uh, Dwayne Johnson was on. He was on that show because I saw he had an interview and he was talking about, you know, that. So he was on that show, and of course, he was also on Snowfall. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this guy is a great actor. He, like, in my opinion, he is really, like, carrying... I mean, Tommy Egan, I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? I'm having a brain lapse. Uh, what, what's the main uh, actor? Joseph Sikora. Jo- Joseph Sikora, yeah. He he always does great work. He's a fantastic actor. So, of course, you know, this is his show. So he is the GOAT on this show, but... But I feel like uh, Chris Lofton is right behind him in performance. Like this guy is really like, you know, making the show entertaining to watch right now. He is a standout character. And I'm having so much fun watching his like (laughs) self-destruction in the show. Um, So, you know, we see that he's he's going down a dark path because he's hooked on, you know, the hair on. He's sniffing his own supply and everything. And we see that in this episode, he ends up having a fight with his own gang, his own people, you know, um, over killing Lil K. So I want to ask you guys, you know, how hard is Jannard going to fall in this season? Like, how hard do you see the character falling? And will he be able to pick himself up after he crashes? (laughs) So... Uh, Dana's mic is unmuted, so I'm going to go ahead and go with her first. He did. Uh, he did. He he, <laughs> he did. Um, let me explain. See, my thing is, 
cool. You're acting reckless. You're acting crazy. You're killing people. Great. You admit to killing someone? Um, I believe that there are severe repercussions for that. That's not just a fight. And even when the guy went and shot the gun up in the air to stop everyone, I didn't think that should have ended anything. I thought that would have been like, oh, you pulled out something on me? And then we had a shootout. And people ducking and diving and diving. Um, my thing is, he is acting so uncontrollable. Even though he had to kill Chewy. No, not Chewy. Wait, no, yeah, it was Chewy. No, I'm confusing Lil' K. And then Lil' K. Yep. Little K, little K, okay. But even though he had to, he had to kill Little K and dump him in Heroin Alley, and then buy the heroin after he dumped him, which I'm like, oh, you just literally living in the spot. Um, the point is, he did it because of certain rules, but I don't think other people are going to respect those rules. You killed because you remember the guy. He's basically where, where, where is he? And you saw how they came looking for him. You saw how they came with intent and purpose, and they kind of, to me, felt like they already knew the answer. Um, he was lasting with you, his grandma. So remember, grandma's too terrified to speak, but she did go to others to allude to him being basically murdered by Gennard. So I do think that his time could be coming, not necessarily to an end, but I do think that there's going to be repercussions for that. I'm not going to kill you right now, but someone does not let that go so easily. I don't feel. Rules be damned. So I think that's going to come back and, and bite him in the butt. So he's he going to get shot. Whether or not he lives, he, he, a bullet has to enter that body. Oh, yeah, that, that could definitely be a possibility. You know, he's living very dangerously right now. He's living life on the edge. Like, he owes money to Murkovich. He owes money to Miguel. He's he's beating up his own people, sniffing his own drugs. Yeah, like, this guy could definitely catch a bullet at any moment. That was, it was an aggressive sniff. It was like a vacuum. It was like yeah. a full, like, soap <laughs> nose. Like, ooh. No, he, he, he was like Scarface, man. Like, you know, you know when uh, Scarface is sniffing that big pile of coke on his desk? Like, that, that, that was what he was doing. So. And he was so brazen that it made me wonder, will they start a mutiny? Because he's so brazen at it. And remember how it opened the show with him having these flashbacks and him completely high? Um... So we do know that he's tormented by something, by the deaths. But at the same time, I wonder if this is enough is enough and is going to start a mutiny within those who are still remaining. And we don't know if they're still remaining. They just stood there, like kind of in shock. So, yay, mutiny. Yeah, how about you, Rich? What do you think about Janard? How hard is he going to crash? Well, uh, the code remains the same no matter what state. Uh, the streets need a body, right? So um, something is going to happen to Jannara. Now, I like I said, I like Chris Lofton's performance this season. I don't, I don't want to see the character get killed per se, but I there's too much against him that something bad, that something has to happen. No, number one, 
last week, the grand the grandmother knows who he is because he tried to take out little K right in front of her. So even if, you know, and obviously this hasn't happened yet. We don't know because we haven't seen the next episode. If they was to question people on who could have done this, she would be the first one to say, yeah, I saw this guy. I'm able to tell you if they are able to identify him in a lineup. So that's why I say that's one strike against him. Number two, as you already said, Gary, he owes Miguel and he owes Merkovich. So the fact that he owes both of them and he is getting, being late on the re-ups and stuff like that, it's, it's going to be very dangerous. And obviously, we saw him get beat up in this episode. There could be some torturing coming next, obviously, because Miguel don't play about his uh, money and drugs, you know. So stay tuned for that. But uh, that, and then, of course, you add the drug element, the fact that he is doing heroin now. I think it's very interesting how they had the interaction between him and Shanti, because she obviously didn't like the fact that he killed Little K. But again, she decided, yeah, I will continue to ride for you. I support you. But he did not tell her when she asked, are you on something? He didn't say nothing to her. And obviously, if you're in a relationship, trust is trust is everything. So obviously, if you're starting to lie about what you're doing, that's going to cause some issues in that relationship. And again, because those people were working for her, underneath her, I mean, I'm not saying that she would go out and try to go against him. But obviously, I mean, we have to see what happens with that relationship because that can happen as well. But the fact that he's not being honest to her about what actually is happening as far as him now messing around with heroin, that is going to come back and bite him also. So I kind of feel like in order for the show to be realistic, something has to happen to Jannard. Either he get, ends up getting killed in the season finale, which would be, a, I guess, a perfect reflection of what happened last season because you saw a Diamond was going to shoot him and then he shot the gravel instead. So how would it be that when we come to the season finale for this season, he actually does get killed? That can happen, you know, or they could take a different path and have him get arrested or something. Yeah, I mean, something has to happen to the character to take him out of this for a while. But I just don't know what they're going to do. And to answer your question, Gary, yes, he will continue to hit rock bottom. He still has some people that were there. His right hand man was still there at the, you know, even though the others left. So. Maybe that's what happens in the next episode. They leave him too. Something's going to happen, though, obviously, because it's a very unstable and dangerous situation that he's in. And again, for it to be very realistic, something has to happen. There has to be some type of consequence, as Dana says, some some type of repercussions for the fact that he killed Little K and then admitted to these other guys, "Oh yeah, I did do this." Because that other guy looked like he was he 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 ain't going to just let that go. You already know that. Because they talk about, this is about family, loyalty. I don't give a damn about the money. So they definitely going to come after him again. But uh, let's see what happens. But it's not going to end well for Jannard. That's what I do know. Go ahead, Go ahead Daniel. Uh, question. I wonder if we do not get a body. Um, will this bring Jannard and Diamond close back together again? Because the streets do talk. And if he's running around that sloppily in his own group, Diamond is going to start hearing. And I'm pretty sure that Diamond is going to see him eventually. They hate each other, but they still have to be in the midst of communication. So I wonder if this could bring them back together in that sense. Because in a way, he does need Diamond. I I think you are 100% on the money about that. Um that makes the most logical sense to me that that would happen. Um, 
I don't know if Tommy is going to like that, that all of a sudden now Jannard is coming in with them. But uh, it's it's the only way to really save the character because if he is left on his own right now, he will not survive the rest of the season. It's just you can see it coming from a mile away. So, yeah, Diamond definitely needs to step in and, and save his brother. In terms of Tommy not liking it because, you know, he would be coming in, isn't that what Tommy did to Jannard? Here comes this random white boy coming in and taking my thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just wonder if that's just like just desserts. And then maybe eventually, not now, Tommy has to branch out on his own. And, and I just wonder if the dynamic between those two could be too strong. And it comes down to I have to kill you. Well, it comes down to I have to kill Tommy in order to save my brother. Remember, he stated, you're not family. They're not family to him. Mm-hmm. So if that dynamic does happen, I wonder if Tommy has to just break away and leave or his life could be too much in danger. Tommy is Tommy, but at the same time, we're not making him one um, um, immortal like they did in the first season. So maybe not in this season, but maybe season the end of season three or four, Will he have to? Will, will he have to walk away from that? I just wonder. That's a good question. I I'm looking forward to seeing because I think that is possible. Um, we have to wait and see. But I I will say that uh, if Jannard does get involved with having to help Diamond and Tommy out again, that's going to get very messy because he knows about Maria. Eventually, he's going to see Maria with Tommy. And that is going to cause a lot of issues because obviously still owes Miguel, still owes uh, Merkovich. One thing I will say is, yeah, I, I do believe that Jannard, I, I do believe he is going to team up with them because they all have an issue with the Serbs. They, so they probably need to work together to take out the Serbs. That that 100% needs to happen. But uh, outside of that, uh, there's going to still be some complications with that, with those relationships in, within the organization. So I want to see how that all pans out. And also, where's Mama Miguel? Because she came in like she was queen of <laughs> the telenovela, and then we don't see her again. That's a good so question. I, I, I wonder uh, how her dynamic comes into this. Or well, I think, I think we'll definitely see her again this season. I just don't know when. Yeah. Yeah, she'll be back because I do think that Miguel has to deal with that, that uh, cartel boss at some point. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um and yeah the 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 abuela she she uh you know she was the one that told him to go see that guy so I I, I definitely think she'll come back at some point to give him some some kind of advice on how to deal with this guy maybe so mm-hmm. yeah that's something that will happen and and you know I I, I kind of uh, I do agree that they they probably do need Janard's help to take out the Serbs and stuff because. The thing is, if if Tommy wants the map, if he wants Chicago, he can't do that all alone. He's going to need bodies for that. So um, the CBI would benefit from being unified with Jannard, you know, bring, bring back the old CBI and Tommy oversees it and everything. But of course, it's going to be very entertaining to see that because we know Jannard and Tommy aren't about to get along. You know they're not going to get along because they these two don't don't really like each other at all. So 
but but yeah i do foresee them perhaps working together again later on down the line but if janard does keep this this uh drug habit it's definitely not going to go well so it's going to be very entertaining to see you know no matter what happens so i can't wait but um but that is you know that's pretty much all my questions so let's just get some final thoughts before we uh wrap this up so um i'm gonna go to you first rich do you have any final thoughts on this episode uh final thoughts is i thought it was a very good episode very entertaining season of four so far and uh looking forward to seeing what happens next week but yeah pretty good pretty good uh, episode i would say cool cool i agree and uh, how about you dana final thoughts final thoughts i'm happy they acknowledged the mustang um i wonder if this is like a symbolic way of saying goodbye to the Tommy we knew because that, that Mustang was, that was the original Tommy. That was what he's known for. That and many men. Um, so I wonder if this is ushering in now officially a different version of a Tommy um, that we have. So I really like that little tiny line that they threw in there. And then just overall, I thought it was a good episode. Um, I'm liking the intensity. I'm liking the fast pace of it. Um, so yeah, I think they are improving vastly and it's, it's getting there so we'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of the season it could all go downhill from here but at the moment you actually have my attention i'm not saying like oh we gotta go with power it's like oh let's go check out power yeah no i agree um it's it's definitely like miles better than than uh last season if it, like it feels like there's a plan feels like there's a story so you know and, and we're seeing Tommy under pressure as well you know which is something Richard brought up earlier because in the in the last season he was pretty much unstoppable you know he was the punisher basically so it is good to see him more vulnerable in this season and showing more a bit more uh, range of emotions you know he, he's dating and he's dealing with his family and stuff so yeah, all of that is good to see. So um, I'm, I'm very much liking the season. It's not as entertaining yet as Ghost, as the Ghost show, but it's, you know, it's, it's at least interesting enough for me to want to know what happens next. So that that's a good start right there. They have something to build on here. So uh, that's all I'll say on that, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, We'll, we'll uh, let's get some shout outs and then uh, that's pretty much it for, for, for this episode. So uh, I just want to go ahead and give a big shout out to, you know, all the people who uh, gave, gave me well wishes, you know, last week for being away, you know. So big shout outs to uh, Rainy J, Motown, Investor, um, Inga, 70, 71, you know, um, and uh, I want to shout, you know, some of the other commenters too, like Jeremiah Lutumba, you know, Midnight Madness, Digi- uh, what is it, Dit- Dit- Italian Cole or something, I think. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. But um, yeah, these guys left some great comments in that last episode. So, um, you know, also Sea Winds and uh, Ramona Heath. Big shouts to all of you guys, you know, for the comments. 
And uh, thank you to all my friends and everyone who checked up on me also while I was in hospital. You know, it was very nice to to get all those uh, check-ins and nice messages and stuff. So, yeah, big shouts to to all the supporters out there. Um, you know, big shouts to uh, Dimitri as well, um, you know, who's who's a big supporter of the show and also a friend now. So, you know, big shouts to him. But, uh, Rich, you got any shouts? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to everybody that continues to leave comments, likes, and supports the show. Obviously, Rainy J, Inga71, Jeremiah Lutumba. There's a long list of people that continue to come back and check out the show. So we appreciate your continued comments and support. And uh, looking forward to covering the next episode, for sure. But yes, thank you all. And uh, look forward to hearing what you all have to say about this episode. Facts, facts. Um, and Dana, how about you? Any shouts? Yes, I I do have shout outs for these two things that I just wanted to quickly bring up that I completely forgot because my brain is discombobulated. One is the fact that Diamond does know about the task force, but he didn't tell Tommy yet. So that is a really interesting upper card that he has. Um, also, on top of that, we do get to learn that Diamond and Jannar had an abusive dad, which could explain how the two different paths, one became really analytical, the other one kind of became like this very angry explosive character. So I do like that we got those two dynamics. I do want to thank everyone for watching and for listening to us and continuing to leave comments and watching the show as well. Hold on in there. I, I was much better than season one. So thank you again for your continued support. Oh yeah, definitely. That That is another catch right there because the lawyer did tell um, Diamond. Uh, but yeah, um, that is going to be it for now, though. So we'll catch you guys again next week where we will be recapping episode five of season two of Force. So look out for us then. And until then, everyone stay healthy. Take care of yourselves. Peace out.